Hello and welcome to all my fellow lifelong learners. I'm your host, Meredith Meeker, and this is another episode of the Emerging Leaders for Biodiversity podcast. I'm recording this from my home, which is in the Williams Treaty, the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. This week, we bring you another emerging leader, Giovanna Shrestha. She is a first-year student at McGill University studying environmental biology. She's an aspiring wildlife biologist, artist, and conservationist. She created the Urban Wildlife Conservation Network in hopes of showing others that there are always opportunities to get involved in conservation, no matter where you are. It was great sitting down with Giovanna. It really took me back to my university days, and I really hope you find it inspiring to hear what young people are working on these days. Let's get into it. So how I like to start this off is with a book recommendation. I think you can tell a lot about a person by what they read, and it's a great way to get to know you. So what kind of books do you like to read? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't read as much as I'd like to because I spend most of my time like doing art, but I do enjoy novels that pertain to social justice issues. I recall reading some in high school, such as The Hate You Give or Funny Boy. Those two were pretty good novels that I read in the past. Those sounds like great recommendations. I haven't read The Hate You Give, but I did watch the movie. So, oh, it was really good. <laughs> yeah, agreed. So if you don't have time for a book, like maybe yourself, check out the movie. Mm-hmm, definitely. <laughs> so we kind of get an idea of your interest. You're into art and social justice. Very cool and I think very applicable. Like they go together pretty well. But mm-hmm. can you tell us a bit more about yourself for everyone listening Who are you and and what it is that you do? For sure. So I am Giovanna. I'm a first year student at McGill University studying environmental biology. And I'm also an aspiring wildlife biologist. Though on my free time, I do enjoy playing and coaching tennis as well as the arts. I actually have an art account where I used to spread awareness about endangered animals, though I don't use it as much just because I have a lot to do with school and work but hopefully I'll get back into that soon. Recently, I've been spending a lot of my time finishing up some art commissions I've done for the winter season, and I created the Urban Wildlife Conservation Network to connect more people with opportunities to get into conservation. Very, very cool. I think, you know, you brought up how you're a first-year university student at McGill. That's, I'm sure, kind of stands out to people because what is it like starting university in the middle of a pandemic I'd kind of like to hear your perspective on that Mm -hmm. it's definitely not what I expected my first year to be like to be honest it was kind of difficult at first especially since I stayed home in Toronto and studied remotely so it was really hard to meet people at the beginning but soon I was able to find some people that were in the same shoes and it's going pretty good now work-wise I found that being working at home was more productive for me just because I need complete silence to work and sometimes I remember in high school there would be a lot of chitter chatter during our like work time and that was not it for me so staying at home actually had me pretty productive now I'm only saying this because I was paranoid of handing things in late so I had a 
daily to-do list, weekly plans laid out, and monthly deadlines. So I had three calendars. So I was able to stay on top of things at first, but as the school year went on, obviously staying on your computer, taking notes, and just having so much screen time can be really exhausting. Though I did find video chatting with my friends helped motivate me during the breaks as breaks are really important during this time. So yeah, overall didn't turn out not too didn't turn out too bad. Wow, you sound very organized. Three calendars. I can barely <laughs> keep up with my work and personal ones. So congratulations on that. And yeah, I'm sure it is very tough as somebody who wants to be a wildlife biologist and is studying environmental biology. Being in front of your computer for your first year of university, whereas, you know, being in, t- in front of the screen probably isn't your favorite thing. I don't want to project mm-hmm. that on you, but I feel like most people I talk to, they get into this because they don't want to spend their entire career in front of a computer. So mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully, you know, vaccines are rolling out. So hopefully the rest of your university career looks a little bit different. Yeah, I hope so, too. <laughs> I was really looking forward to the field trips and the outdoor kind of experience, but luckily it's just my first year, so things are broad, and as I get into my second, third, and fourth, it'll be a little bit more specific towards my major. For sure. And I want to go back a little bit to something you mentioned when you were introducing yourself, and you said you just created the Urban Wildlife Conservation Network. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about what inspired that, how you started it? Yeah, for sure. So originally during quarantine, I spent a lot of my time kind of researching the career just because at the beginning, I found this account on, I think it was Facebook or Instagram called The Lonely Conservationists. And it was a group of people in the conservation field. And I decided to follow it because obviously I'm heading towards that path. And I was just a little worried because I just I realized just how hard it is to get a kind of full time position or get your foot in the in this field. And so I did a lot of research and eventually I found the Canadian Wildlife Federation and some other organizations just so that I could kind of get more experience within the field. And so I applied for their Wild Outside program which is a program for kind of high school students aged 15 to 18 with like conservation projects. And so that kind of inspired my initial project, which is a guided hike. And so I also applied for the eco leadership journey with the WWF and Chantier Genius. Sorry, I'm not that good at French, so (laughs) I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. But I applied for that with my project being the guided hike. And so after waiting anxiously, I found out that I got the grant and received kind of help for the project. And so working alongside some people from WWF and the and Chantiel Genius, I was able to put my guided hike into action. And in one of their meetings, I found out that that you could do something more with your project and possibly create like an organization or something. And so like the thought of becoming the next like David Suzuki or Jane Goodall or just like someone who can have a voice and make a difference really inspired me to create the Urban Wildlife Conservation Network. And essentially that first hike with the Wild Outside program, while I was doing that hike, one of the leaders, youth specialists, they were talking about all the native and invasive species 
and just the biodiversity around us. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I feel like I'm in a what I feel like I'm in a wildlife documentary. Like it was it I just really enjoyed my time and I wanted others to feel that way too. And also like during my while I was researching in quarantine, I really was having trouble finding opportunities to get out and get into conservation. And so I just I wanted to create the Urban Wildlife Conservation Network just so that other people who want to get into conservation can find those opportunities um, around the area and just like get out there because you don't need to go into conservation to be interested or do something about it. There's so many other ways to get involved, such as apps like iNaturalist, which I more recently found out, the programs with Canadian Wildlife Federation, and many other social media platforms and organizations that have similar goals. Yeah, there's just so many ways to get involved and I want other people to kind of find those ways too. Yeah, I think that's a really admirable and necessary, I guess, medium, right? Because I think there is a little bit of a fallacy and sometimes I'm guilty of it myself that you feel like you need to go outside of an urban area to feel connected to nature, Mm -hmm. whereas most of our people live in urban areas now, like that is our demographic in Canada. And so if we want people to care about nature, they need to feel connected to it and Not everybody Mm -hmm. has the means to get outside of the urban area. And more importantly, you shouldn't have to, to feel connected, right? So I think that is awesome. And yeah, who doesn't aspire to be, you know, (laughs) like David Suzuki or Jane Goodall? Mm -hmm. Anyway, I I think it's really very cool what you're doing. And you're only in your first year of university (laughs) that you sought out these opportunities in high school. Like my high school experience, I didn't, I didn't even know about the whole field of wildlife conservation. Yes, I went to Guelph and I did study biology because I was interested in it. But I kind of thought my options were like research or veterinarian. So Mm -hmm. I hope that this is a sign that there's, you know, I'm going to age myself here. You know, I entered university over a decade ago. So... Mm -hmm. I hope that that shows that there's more education about what opportunities are out there. And hopefully there's just more opportunities for young people to get involved through the creation of something like the Urban Wildlife Conservation Network. I think it's a very awesome organization. And I think that there's a lot of crossover between emerging leaders and urban wildlife. Like I think those would be a really great, hopefully resource for each other and great networking opportunities. So what sparked your love of nature? Well, I'd have to say it's definitely the wildlife documentaries I would watch when I came home from school. I was also a big fan of TVO Kids and fond of shows like Wild Kratz or Zaboomafu, and they really shaped my love for nature and wildlife. TVO also like premiered incredible documentaries after the children's program, which is what I would kind of watch while having dinner. And just, I found the documentary is just so captivating and the images were just so breathtaking. I remember looking at the biologists in their field and studying their animals and just thinking, I want to do that too. And yeah, two other people who really kind of shaped my love for nature was David Suzuki and David Attenborough, especially David Suzuki's The Nature of Things played a huge role in my love for nature and kind of sparked 
my interest in climate change and educated me on the detrimental effects we humans have on our wildlife. And I wanted to change that. Yeah, I also remember incorporating a lot of climate change and David Suzuki into every project I could in middle school. A lot of my classmates were very tired of it, but I was relentless. <laughs> No, we need people who are going to be relentless if we're going to see change. And yes, I also grew up watching the Kratz brothers, though it was Kratz mm -hmm. creatures prior to Zabumafu. And I love them. I would love to get them on this podcast. It would be such a that fan girl. Incredible. <laughs> I would love to kind of um, just be there and watch too. Let me know if that happens. <laughs> I it will be spammed. Everyone will know if we get the Kratz brothers <laughs> on this podcast. Are they from Toronto? I mean, they're sorry, can, Canada? I believe they're Canadian, or I know one of them resides in Canada. Oh, okay. So, who knows? It's maybe not that far of a, a reach. We'll see. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so, we've kind of heard a little bit about your journey, like what got you into this, but maybe can you talk to us about how you found these different programs or sort of where, how you got to becoming a student who is studying environmental biology who knows they want to be a wildlife conservation because I think some people are like, yeah, I like science, but they don't know where to direct that. So can you mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about your journey? Definitely. So again, while watching these documentaries, I always had like a love for nature and animals, even though I lived in Toronto, which is a more urban city. And my family, we weren't really that kind of outdoorsy. We did go camping like once every year, but it wasn't until this year that we started going hiking, which actually I find is now my new favorite activity. But yeah, so I've always loved animals and wildlife and just knowing that there's so much going on in the world and that there's a chance for me to make a change in something that I truly believe in. It's kind of what drove me to get into wildlife biology. Again, before like choosing wildlife biology or environmental biology, I did a lot of research. <laughs> I was at the library researching ecology, wildlife biology, and all the related strands. And so after a lot of debating, a lot of researching, I decided on wildlife biology. And despite my parents at first not being kind of 100% about it, just because it's kind of, it's not really a secure field or like it's job hunting is a little bit more difficult within the field. They were kind of unsure about it, but the one thing that kept me going, the one thing that kept me wanting to look for opportunities and apply for the programs in university was the just the idea that I can make a difference and I would be able to do something about wildlife and conservation and all just the horrible things we're doing to the earth right now, which is, ugh, sorry, I could go on and on, but yeah. No, it's true. I think more and more I get a little frustrated, especially with, you know, recent bills that have been passed despite you know, literally public outcry. Mm -hmm. I, it's very disheartening when you feel like you know which direction we should be going and not necessarily seeing the world move in that direction or not move fast enough. It's definitely a frustration of, of working in this field because the more you know, I feel like the more frustrated yeah. you get. 
for sure. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for either high school students or other university students who are looking, I mean, other than joining ELB and (laughs) the Urban Wildlife Conservation Network, what what advice do you have for how to get involved and, and what opportunities you think are out there for young people, especially during a pandemic? Mm-hmm. I would I would say that there's always something out there, no matter like where you are or where you are locally or where you are in life. There's always something that you can do. And even though it can be disheartening and very tiring to do a lot of research it's going to be worth it in the end i spent hours just researching about opportunities i even went to i think like page five in google which no one really does no one goes past page one but i looked through all the organizations and i was able to find some incredible opportunities that absolutely changed who i am as a person and helped me grow the wild outside program i met so many incredible youth who are interested in the field and who I now call my friends. Also, the CCC program, which is something that I'm going to do, is also an incredible opportunity that I think people in ELB would be interested in. It's for people aged 18 to 30, and it's with the Canadian Wildlife Federation. It's called the Canadian Conservation Corps. And so there's three stages within this program. There's a expedition stage, Afterwards, there's a in- three-month internship. And then the last stage is a service project that you kind of work on yourself. And that's also an incredible opportunity for people who kind of want to get their foot in the door or just want to go on an expedition somewhere in Canada, which sounds super cool. I was supposed to go this summer, but unfortunately, because of covid I wasn't able to go. So hopefully next summer I could start my expedition and journey in that. But yeah, keep going. You got this. You will eventually find (laughs) the opportunities that you're looking for. Any idea where your expedition might be or, or what your service project might be? As of now, no idea. The expedition, I don't think we get to choose, but it's incredible because because of COVID, they can't right now. But afterwards, they like to fly you out to a different province. And there's many different types of expeditions you can do. You can go to the Rockies, go hiking. I think there's like canoeing. You can go to the East Coast, the West Coast, or even the territories. I'm not sure which one it is, but you could... I remember seeing on their Instagram page, there was like a dog sledding one, which looked really, really cool. Yeah, I think, like, yes, it's great to know your local patch and really explore your local area. But I also think, like, Canada is so big and there is so much beauty, whether it is the Rockies or something like the Prairies, which is so different. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a very maybe undersold beauty of, of Canada. And East Coast also has a special place in my heart. And hopefully yeah. <laughs> when this is over, I will make my own personal expedition out there. Now, you've said you're from Toronto. Just curious, have you been down to the Leslie Street Spit or Tommy Thompson Park? Yes, I have, actually. And that is where my guided hike is supposed to be. We were supposed to do it during the month of December. However, because of the COVID restrictions in Toronto, we have changed it to January. Or that's 
where when we'll be expecting to have our guided hike. So we'll have to cross our fingers and hope um, everything goes well in January. But yeah, that's that's also where I went on another guided hike with the Wild Outside program, and I really enjoyed my time there. So, yeah. And and what can people expect from your your guided hike? Um, well, so my guided hike is basically kind of a way for people to learn how to get involved in nature a little bit more or how to make their hikes a bit more interactive. We'll talk about the native and invasive species around the area, as well as ways to get involved and some citizen science opportunities, such as, as I mentioned before, iNaturalists and ways to use them. We'll also talk about the urban wildlife around the area and the importance of kind of conserving that, especially in huge cities such as Toronto. It's really hard to find kind of secluded areas such as the Leslie Spit that are really like government protected. And yeah. Yeah, Leslie Street Spit has just an incredible history and an incredible diversity for being so urban. And I know mm-hmm. you already mentioned this, but there's a great Nature of Things episode on the Leslie Street Spit or Tommy Thompson Park. And even though I, I'm from Toronto, I don't live there anymore, but that was one of my favorite birding spots. So I'm quite familiar with it. And I learned mm-hmm. even a lot more stuff about it from, from the episode. So I highly recommend people check it out. It's a really, really good one. All right. I've got another question for you. It's going to be a bit of a tricky one. Obviously, you love nature, so it might be hard for you to pick. But do you have a favorite nature moment? I call it nature because nature is so neat. And, you know, has the power to take our breath away. So do you have a moment you'd want to share with our listeners? For sure. I would say that is hard. Yes. But for sure, it would be the guided hike with Wild Outs- with the Wild Outside program. It was just, it, I felt like I was in a nature documentary and it felt like a dream. And I really enjoyed learning just about the urban wildlife and the biodiversity around my area, which I never thought of before, which was really nice. Though a close second would be when I went camping in Owen Sound. I think I went hiking in a part of the Bruce Trail and it was my first real, like not as human touched kind of (laughs) hike. And the scenery was just stunning. Those are both really great. I I do think one of the reasons why we are drawn to nature and drawn to the profession of ecology or biology is because we are destined to be lifelong learners. Nature and animals are constantly teaching us new lessons. And so I think when we go outside and we either observe something new or we learn something new, it's just such a soul fulfilling or I don't know, I love it. I love learning new things. And when it's about nature, even better. Mm-hmm, definitely. All right. So finally, if someone wanted to get involved with your organization or learn more about what you're doing, where should they go? What websites should they be checking out? Perfect. So our website is www.urbanwildlifecn.wixsite.com. Unfortunately, as I am a university student, I decided to pass on a domain name just because they can be quite pricey. Though we do, though we do have Facebook and Instagram, 
which is at urbanwildlife.cn. And if anyone out there would be interested in getting involved or have some organizations or opportunities they think would be a good addition to the site, feel free to contact me because, again, this is kind of a one-woman show because I created the website and the Facebook page and it's kind of hard to get content out there and always research while juggling school and <laughs> work. So any help would be appreciated. Well, you're saying you're a one-woman show, but I feel like that's for now. I'm sure that this <laughs> network will grow probably faster than you expect. And if somebody wanted to check out your art, is there a place they could check that out as well? Yeah, I have an Instagram and Facebook page as well. It's at joveart14, J-O-V-A-R-T-1-4. And yeah, I'll mostly be posting my Christmas commissions. But if anyone is interested in custom artwork, they can also let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us today. It's been a real pleasure. And it makes me so hopeful about the direction of where conservation is going because of young, bright, vibrant people like you who are going to pave the way and are making making a real difference. Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot. I'm very honored to be featured on your podcast as well. Thanks for having me. Thank you, thank you to Giovanna for sharing her passion and her time with us. I'm sure for some of us, it gave us a little bit of nostalgia thinking back to our university days. And gosh, I would have loved to have participated in just one of the many programs that, that she's had the opportunity and the brilliance to find. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's the last emerging leader for the season. And with that in mind, this week's challenge is going to be all about urban conservation. I want you to find an issue that maybe affects either the city you live in or your neighborhood, whether it's the increase of stormwater runoff issues, perhaps development and not having enough natural habitat or road mortality, you know, Urban spaces are not known for necessarily being the most environmentally friendly, but there's lots of really good work going on to making more sustainable and even biophilic cities. And I think that there's a lot of really good information out there if you look for it. So take it this opportunity, maybe download a couple of papers to read over the holidays if you are sick of Netflix and really explore what urban conservation is going on around you. And don't forget to tag us in your weekly challenge for a chance to be featured in our newsletter and blog. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And make sure you like and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. That's all for now. Tune in next week when we have a very special season one finale episode with some of our emerging leaders for biodiversity board members. See you next week. <laughs>